Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about bartering. Um, basically, in a uh, shit-hits-a-fan kind of world, um, well, you got to realize that right now we're dependent on a lot of things from the outside. It's very few people who actually produce everything that they need, you know, all their supplies. Like even certain things like coffee or, or um, you know, are tough to come by and you know, I think all of us, a lot of people have that kind of off-grid or super self-sufficient mindset in the prepper world where we try and do, you know, as much as we can for ourselves, And we find a way to solve all our needs, you know, and a lot of people have certain teas that they make that to replace coffee kind of thing and different things that you do to, you know, make your world work, uh, you know, even as simple as solar panels or you know, you find a way to filter your water, you know, different things. We all kind of take all the steps. And honestly, some of us are better at certain things than others. And we have skills that we really excel in, you know, you might be the gunsmith guy or the whatever. But at some point, even if it's just for niceties, being able to trade and get outside stuff. I mean, honestly, that's how an economy works is somebody's able to create something cool that you can't. So you want to have it and you find a way to get it. And in a shit hits the fan world, most of those scenarios, the uh, full faith and credit of the United States government or whatever government in the country you're living in right now um, might not be there to back it up. So you find another way to get what you want. And, and that's really what bartering is all about and why it, you know, becomes a thing. It's trading the stuff to, that you can produce or, or have 
and trading it off for uh, things that, you know, you need and can't get or just desire, you know? So uh, there's like, what type of things would you maybe stockpile that you could have, uh, you know, on hand, Kevin, that might be, you know, good where you can have a lot now, maybe you buy a lot of it really cheap and then are able to trade it to get what you want. I mean, I know you probably have a stockpile of Miller Lite. Is that right? I don't know. <laughs> now you can't. Now you can't stock up on beer because beer goes bad. Uh, but you can definitely stock up on liquor. Liquor. Um, you know, Tennessee whiskey goes a though. long way with a lot of people. Now, it can, can you buy? Right. Can you buy cheap like gut rot alcohol? Is that like a thing where? Yeah, I mean, I mean it, when people it'll are still desperate. have value. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, you can get cheap whiskey that tastes like shit and will give you a hangover from having a sip of it, but people still still want it when there's nothing else around. Maybe um, maybe some radiator fluid out of the cars, right? You, mm-hmm. you work out you some go. wine, some grape uh-huh. juice and radiator some fluid. Degrees and, and, yeah. yeah, perfect. Might make you go blind, but, you know. I learned about that work. from The Simpsons, I think, so... Yeah. Now another thing that right now was, you know, is valuable is is ammo, you know. Mm. But if you didn't stock up on it before, it's not it's really too worth late now. Yeah, point. that yeah. that, I mean, that window closed. Too much for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, a lot of the things that we we think about trading when we're talking about trading, you know, we talk about uh, like comfort products like tobacco and alcohol and and even drugs. You know, people talk about you know mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Um, a lot of that sort of stuff is, is perishable. And one of the best things that you can trade is, is your skill set. Well, and bars of soap and bars of soap. Yeah. Okay. And there are quite a few things though, that, that will last quite a while, um, that are good for that sort of stuff. You know, soap, rubbing alcohol, uh, antiseptic, antiseptics, things like that. You know, they go a long way. Medicine that that has a long shelf life, you know, obviously not all of it does. Um, Mm -hmm. Usually your hard pills work a lot better, you know, long term as opposed mm -hmm. to, I know antibiotics might be a good one, you know, that you might really have high value where you can get it for a pretty reasonable price right now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you you guys in the prepper world all know about like fish, fish antibiotics and and all that. you know, anyway, do some research on the internet if that's something you don't know about, but there's, you know, a lot of stuff there. Um, like what else? Uh, you know, obviously, I mean, coins, people like that kind of thing. I don't know. I mean, if there's any kind of established government or people coming in where they're dealing with established governments, then yeah, gold and silver will be worth a lot. But I know when I'm hungry or worried about security, Having coins isn't really my thing, but, you know, right. to each his own, right? And That's I do right. have, you know, a decent amount yeah, of I mean, silver, it's worth, but... Yeah, it's worth having. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't put my heavy stocks into, you know, all my preps are, yeah, look, I have all this silver. Well, you can't eat it. You can't shoot right. it. Somebody's just going to come take it from you and... Yeah, and it's, you know, and it's something that, that uh you know is a, is a sound investment. It's going to beat inflation, uh, between yeah. now and, uh, then, but you know, the truth is, like you said, you can't eat silver, you can't eat gold. Um, so they're good to have, but I wouldn't put all my investment, you know, in the, into that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. 
But, uh, you know, it is it is a very tradable thing, gold and silver, you yes. know, in the sense that you can divide it up in the, in the weight and, uh, you know, small amounts for this or, you know, bigger amounts for that. You don't have to just do one gold coin for this right. or, you know. That that's why I don't even mention so uh, gold usually in my discussions because it's like yeah good luck you know mm-hmm. um it, it's so you know so much value to a gold coin uh, one of the prepper books I I had um, was based on like a uh, economic collapse and the guy had like twenty or thirty one ounce gold coins mm-hmm. and you know, he ended up being able to like buy a cabin in, in the woods from somebody with gold because the dollar had kind of, you know, inflation had robbed it so bad that something real, you know, was able to, you know, secure him some property. Um, I mean, definitely something like that is possible, but I feel like, you know, it's a short window that coins are going to be the thing. Right. Um you know, people always paint the uh, the end of the world as a, a happy romantic time where, oh, God, I don't have to go to work. I can just get out and be hunting, fishing and loving every day, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's quite how it's going to play out. Um, the world's hard and we don't have a lot of the skills that people used to have. And, you know, the more you get into that self-sufficient lifestyle, the more it's going to be. But what kind of skills could we develop that we could really make a successful barter uh, system out of? Um, I was actually one of the big ones that's been coming up in my mind is uh, raising rabbits. Uh, I'm kind of excited mm-hmm. about rabbits. They reproduce super uh, quick and turns out you get a free uh, rabbit skin out of every one you do. And for Everyone. rabbit feet, you know, those rabbit ah, feet see? for good luck, super are just going to be super big in the apocalypse. I mean, people will be like ham sandwich, little rabbit foot on a keychain. You know uh-huh. which one they're going to want. It's worth it. Because mm-hmm. that luck, you might just find a ham sandwich on the ground on your way out of the you market. Might just get. It's like, oh, yeah. look at You might stumble upon a field of, of ham sandwiches just growing out there in the woods, you know? Exactly. Because you had so, that lucky rabbit's foot. But, I mean, that's what I was thinking. So, like, you get all these rabbit furs and you could make, like, a bunny suit. Mm-hmm. maybe some floppy ears up top or whatever yep i um, like it yeah yeah you know yeah, but i think meat i think yeah. meat would be a, is it going to be a, a very valuable commodity you know it's it's not hard to grow some vegetables in your backyard but uh um you know meat on, is uh, not as easy to come by yeah especially when uh you know especially when everybody and their brother is out hunting for everything they can find you know the grocery store isn't open um you know, and everybody that's got a rifle or a bow is out there killing everything they see moving. Uh, you know, after about six months or so, it's going to be real hard to find anything out there. And, you know, what I've been reading, I mean, pound for pound now, honestly, from what I've been reading, unless you have a really good market, uh, I think that maybe if you had like a food cooperative or something like that you were doing, rabbit meat might be a profitable business right now. Um I'm in a couple of uh, like rabbit groups because I've been checking it out. And a lot of people are like, you know, you end up kind of spending as much money, at least for that first half of, you know, your rabbit raising career, you're shelling out more money than you're making. Um, Honestly, Mm -hmm. that's a lot of these things. But 
when meat and stuff becomes harder to come by, then you're king of the world, you know? And, right. you know, it's just, there's a lot of infrastructure and that's, that's one of the things. A lot of people look at, look for kind of businesses where they can spend the money now and then have something that's going to keep paying off later. And I think rabbits could be that. Um, right. I mean, I always like, I look at like a sawmill, you know, how cool would it be that, you know, but it's, you know, at least $3,500 right now. Mm-hmm. And right. then, but then I can keep turning that into money, but to recoup that $3,500 is a pretty long process. Right. And so it's something to, you know, be aware of. Um, I mean, again, a sawmill wouldn't be a bad, but again, if you don't have fuel coming in and that kind of stuff, then that's not really going to pay off. Um, yeah. In today's world, like, you know, welding skills, fabrication, um, that kind of stuff is, is cool for bartering. But, you know, if you don't have electricity or a big, you know, diesel tank that you can carry around with you, those skills are mm-hmm. kind of going to go away. Um, I don't know. Uh, medicinal herbs. Some people really spend time and understand that kind of thing. And that's something you could really get into where you start growing the plants and stuff that you need, even maybe even set up a greenhouse if your climate isn't uh, conducive with it, where you can really grow a lot of the things that, you know, are going to be able to uh, sustain and understand what herbs are good for what would be a super valuable skill. Um, Mm -hmm. Leather tooling, um, clothes making, you know, again, those rabbit skins, being able to make bunny suits for everybody so everyone can like, you know, look festive Mm -hmm. at Easter. You know, I mean, that's fun for everyone. I don't know. I just want bunny mittens. You know, I've seen the Mm -hmm. the trapper guys with the big, you know, fur mittens. Mm -hmm. It's a dream of mine. You know, we all have dreams. (laughs) Um, Carving, woodworking. Uh, The reason I actually saw a, uh, I watched one of those videos on uh, YouTube of uh, one of the bushcraft people making bowls and things like that can really, uh, you know, be a skill utensils and stuff. Now, most people honestly are going to end up, uh, you know, you feel like if society, you know, collapses and and 90% of the people die off and we're just roving gangs of killers and whatever, I imagine you're going to be able to find utensils and silverware everywhere because there's all these houses that, you know, right. I I don't feel like you're going to really have to be the bushcraft guy, but I feel like there are things that could be made that really could be useful and, uh, you know, worked into something. Same thing for like blacksmithing, you know, making the specialized things that are going to be useful after, you know, when you can't get any more and when you need other skills. Um, there's things that blacksmithing, you know, can really offer as far as like the outdoor cooking and setting up all your, you know, utensils like that for that kind of stuff. People don't have the stuff to cook, you know, over a fire and whatever in general. Um, Mm -hmm. So that might really be a skill that, you know, you could kind of develop and and work on. Um, Being an excellent hunter is definitely going to be a skill. Um, Mm -hmm. Because like you said, things are going to get a little tougher and you're going to have to go a little further and a little to find meat. Um, Again, I don't know how long that skill would... uh, last because 
I feel like people are going to be really, you know, hitting it hard. But I feel like a lot of people would die before they could catch rabbits and things like that. Honestly, I think they'll just starve to death because people are pretty lousy at at taking care of themselves. I mean, especially if you live in a city, there's there's not going to be a whole lot of hunting and going on in Manhattan. You know, there's a lot of people that live in places that it's just not even a a unless you're the rat hunter. The rat hunter. There you go. Now, maybe if you learn how to cook rats, I mean, if you live in the city, maybe that's the skill you need to develop. Hey, I, I can catch rats. I have like 50 rat traps. And, you know, I, I don't. I'm just saying if I was that guy, I would uh, have 50 rat traps and I would make a big pot in, you know, in Central Park and just bring me your gold coins, you know, just keep mm-hmm. them coming. And rats, yeah, you know, for you, yeah. we'll, we'll call it rats. I don't know about rats. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about rats, but I know like a, an average mouse only has about fourteen calories. Uh, oh, mouse! That's amateur hour. So, I'm talking about possum-sized rats that we had in New York the City. Big, the big New York City rats. The big, the big New York City rats. rats. The um, ones where they growl and hiss at you, and you're like, "Oh shit!" It's bigger than your dog. Yes. Yeah. Now, one thing you want to keep in mind is that you never want to be trading out of desperation. You know, that's how you how you make a bad deal. Yeah. Um, So having a stock, having an inventory um, ahead of time is Mm -hmm. a great idea to have, you know, great idea. So just, you know, keep that in mind when you're doing your preps, you're stocking up on stuff, you know, buying that extra bit of soap or buying that, you know, a couple extra bottles of liquor. Um that's, you know, that's not a bad idea to just have sitting down there on a shelf. Um, you know, I keep telling my wife, if we have a room with like 100 bottles of Southern Comfort in it, that wouldn't be it, wrong. It's It doesn't go bad, man. It's good forever. And she's like, you'll just drink it all. Right. Yeah, you know, well, but... she knows you because that's what I do. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I can't keep liquor in this house without it disappearing. You know, yeah. that's why, you know, that's why I get that, that rock gut whiskey. Cause I'm not actually going to drink that no matter how desperate I am. There's some stuff I'm not going to do. You have standards, huh? All right. Mm-hmm. Um, reloading, reloading is a big thing with ammo. Um, you know, right. I imagine there'll be lots of brass left over uh, at the end of the world and, uh, you know, Hey, putting it together. But like, as you know, now, like you can't find primers to save your life. And so that's something, you know, you need to think about. And actually, you might want to look into like casting, uh, you know, making your own bullets as well. And I I don't mean putting them together. I mean, actually making the uh, lead, you know, uh, people were Mm -hmm. talking about even just, you know, the lead from car batteries and melting things down. If things, you know, got bad enough, something to look at. Another thing is uh, meat processing, Uh, being Mm -hmm. a butcher. And knowing how to utilize and and get a lot of you know cuts out of, and look into the more exotic things like squirrels and and rabbits and and really understand, you know how to uh, you know process them. I guess it's not honestly that complicated. Doing the little yeah, ones. but I mean you can. I mean if you know you how know, to butcher a deer, not experience. Right. right. If you know how to butcher you're not experienced, you can lose twenty percent of the meat on you know on any that's given animal. Point. Yes. And that's you know that is definitely a skill that uh that's valuable. Now this one's a little touchy area making alcohol or making vinegar. 
Mm-hmm. That's something uh, you know you might want to look into. Splitting wood. Uh, again, labor things that are just labor and not really a skill. Maybe uh, you know might not be as as valuable. But I also feel like people are willing to trade things for hard to avoid uh, work. Uh, also, right. sharpening tools, things like mm-hmm. that, is a huge skill. And having the files and the stones and the things to you know, keep things running properly is is definitely something, you know, yeah, more I mean, long term. Like, go ahead. In a, yeah, in a, in a in a society that's um, you know, that's going downhill, uh, capitalism is is the the uh, the go to for any sort of uh, trade or commerce. That's just the natural way, um, the natural way that things function. And having capital, having things that you can use, having tools, you know, having, having, you know, the sledgehammer and the, uh, and the, um, you know, the wedge for splitting wood, you know, that's a lot handier than trying to do it over and over again with an ax and just trying to hit it in the same spot. You know, there's a big, there's a big difference, uh, when you have the proper tools to do something, um, you know, although I did see on little house in the prairie, the wife was pretty agile with the axe pretty handy with it yeah just knocking out the logs like nothing so you know (laughs) i'm just saying um tactical training and security Mm -hmm. um going in and laying out a community you know going from community to community nobody's gonna turn you away if you can set them up and really you know organize a system where you can uh you know really set up a community to defend itself that's a valuable skill Mm-hmm. Um, another one that I've been uh, looking into is even um, kind of shelter building, but more fortifying things, I think is something mm-hmm. that maybe a skill, something I've been looking into a lot is uh, gunsmithing. And, you know, that's something I do now and, and deal with a lot. And I feel like really expanding that, uh, you could definitely look into getting an FFL and, and being a gun dealer now. Um, I, I know one of the things they have, a, it's pretty, as anything with the ATF, it's pretty complicated and intricate and you really need to stare at it and spend time to understand what's involved. But getting an FFL, you could be a, uh, I want to say type seven, is a gun manufacturer. And this is something that would cost you like 500 bucks a year to be a manufacturer, but that means that you can put your stamp on something and sell it out. Plus, anytime you're kind of putting stuff together, they, you know, that that's a manufacturer. There's gray area cuz you can do gunsmithing and you can do it, it just you know how everything with the ATF is where it's like, well, yeah, you could do this, but then that's not really what we mean. Today, I feel right. like that's wrong. You just made a gun right there um, mm-hmm. when you modify something. So anyway, moving right along, they have – if you had a gun manufacturer, which is a, a Type 7, then you get a SOT, which is an additional part of it. SOT basically means you deal with tax stamps. Um, Mm -hmm. anything with a tax stamp would be like suppressors, short barrel rifles, or let me say it, machine guns. All right. Now here's where it gets cool. 
if you're a manufacturer, type seven, five hundred dollars a year, then or is it? Yeah, I think it's five hundred a year. Then a type two, which is really what you think of when you hear a class three license, um, mm-hmm. a, a class. It sh- I meant to say class two. A class two is actually when you're a manufacturer and you have the SOT along with it, which means that you can manufacture suppressors and wait for it, manufacture machine guns. Um, mm-hmm. Turns out you can make, test, and have as many machine guns as you want because you're making samples that you could potentially sell to law enforcement or the military. Mm-hmm. Now, as long as you keep paying your fee, you can be the guy who has all those. Um, when you start, you know, get rid of your license and stop paying, then you end up where you have to, uh, you have to sell it to another FFL or, you know, sell them to customers that can legally buy machine guns. But I'm just saying a lot of fun could be had and having all these equipment. Yeah. That's the same license that you need uh, to buy dynamite. Isn't it? Oh, is it? I have no idea. I haven't looked into it, but it sounds like something I'd be interested in. Um, Mm -hmm. So anyway, having all these tools and skills on hand, and it turns out your business, your inventory might all of a sudden quadruple in value at the end of the world might not be a bad thing. Um, Plus the fact that you're supplying military and law enforcement maybe would shield you a little bit from when the government comes and says private citizens can't have all these things. Mm. You're not kind of the private citizen because you're the dealer in tax stamp items. I I don't know. I mean, I don't know how it would all play out. I know that the guy at the gun store can have the 30 round magazine in New York, but the guy who's not the gun store can't, you end up with that kind of trouble, you know? So yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to be in that spot. You don't want to be that guy. The ATF is not somebody you want to mess around with. That's my understanding, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Yeah. They like to shoot your dog. They do Um, like to shoot your dog. Go ahead. Now, another thing, uh, when it comes to doing that sort of, the sort of trade, um, remember all trade is taxable. You have to pay taxes on your trades. What? So keep that in mind. Uh, you know, in keep the, that in mind, if somebody's going to be coming looking for taxes, that was in the taxes. pre pre shit hits the fan world that we're right. talking about. After uh, the shit hits the fan, then you just have to pay a tax to the lord who's in charge of your region. Mm-hmm. The shogun, you know, the shogun. Yeah. Um. Maybe you just want to be the lord. Yeah. <laughs> yes. See? There you go. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Now, when it comes to trading, here's a here's just a couple of uh couple of uh, tips there. Um, when you're trading for something, know what the the actual value of it is. You know, it's gonna make things a lot easier. Know what you're trading for. Know what you're trading away, and know the values for for those sorts of things. Um, when you're trading for work, have a fixed timetable of when that work's gonna take place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, keep in mind that, you know, having your wood split uh, next spring is not the same as having your wood split, you know, this fall. Um, 
So you're willing to walk away from a trade too, you know, don't, don't get so committed that, you know, that you have to have it and you end up giving away more than, uh, more than necessary to get something. Uh, look for damage on the items that you're trading for, because you might be able to knock, knock the price down a little bit, you know, something that's got a dent in it doesn't look as pretty and, uh, it still functions then, uh, you know, that's, that might be a look, you know, helpful little thing there to have on your on your your list there um and you want to make it easier easy for the person you're trading with you know what i mean you'll come to them you'll pick it up you know that that makes the people a lot more likely to uh to be willing to to be flexible with you right and uh be charming be somebody that the what? person that is trading for you likes you know <clears throat> be nice be complimentary be nice give them complimentary mm-hmm really and you know that that goes a long way you know is that why i've never I, been good at trading no i'm yeah i'm an asshole so i'm not good at it you know that sort of thing but you know i can pretend to be nice for for 10 15 minutes so yeah i just can't trade with people i know mind. then people that know yeah, me just, yeah, like, just yeah, that's like guy no nah, i don't think so all uh, right and that's like um, People think like even like trading a gun. If you were you were trading like a uh, a handgun now with you know you had some extra ammo and things whatever. Well, in your mind, or you know, I know somebody like was after like AR-15s. Well, an AR-15 that you put together for four hundred bucks now, you know, might have the value of we'll say six or seven hundred dollars. And ammo, you know, being a dollar a round, but you might have paid 20 cents a round when you bought it. Don't discount in your mind, well, I got it for this. You got to, right. like you were saying earlier, compare it to today's market. And this is what ammo is worth now. This is what right. people who can find that ammo, you know, are paying. And it's hard to come by. And you know, ammo, I guess once it's used, it's a problem. But if you haven't shot it, it's still like new, you know? That's right. So That's right. And now, now, just a, one of the main rules of thumb is with this sort of stuff, don't get shot with your own ammo. That's a good you rule. You know, don't get shot with your own gun. Don't trade somebody a gun and then let them shoot you and take back what they what they had, you know? It's just uh, basic That's a common bad sense. That's trading. You know, keep that, yeah. yeah, keep that in your mind. All right. I don't know. It's always anyway. embarrassing to get stabbed with your own knife. Now, I was looking at uh, a couple of uh, barter posts in, uh, I think, the casual prepper uh, Facebook group or something like that, one of those. And they were listing, you know, all the different things. And I was trying to get ideas and, and figure out whatever. And one of the young ladies was like, well, oral sex is the, uh, the go-to, you know, for mm -hmm. uh, trading. And I thought maybe that's a skill you could uh, develop there. You could, yeah, you know. you know, I am not, I am not sucking dick for coffee. I'll tell you that right now. Just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know who knows? Um, if you're interested in finding more about Kevin's thoughts on that, you could email him at preppingbadass at gmail .com. Um, You want to continue this conversation on bartering? Maybe head over to the Prepping Badass Facebook group and see if you can uh, join the conversation. 
Otherwise, I would say stay safe and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self Defense Radio Network. Mm-hmm.